When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 dear cherished listeners, and welcome to episode 13 of EW's Binge Podcast, where we're recapping and interviewing our way through season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm your host, Joey Nolfi, Drag Race beat reporter at Entertainment Weekly. And I'm Joey's assigned psychic pairing and the only person on this podcast who knows who Charles Nelson Riley is, EW's <laughs> digital news director, Jillian Sitrom. I don't know her. Um... It's a beautiful, gorgeous day here in Tuckahoe Woods. And let me ask, were you all rooting for us to return? Uh, let me quote the divine Emma Roberts when I say, surprise, bitch, etc., etc., because we're back in the house with our very first episode in a year. Jillian, does this mean we're fine, fresh, feminine, styled to 11, divine, and so heavenly? That question is so easy, even the pit crew knows the answer. <laughs> Well, Jillian, you said what you said. Um, actually, Jillian and I are on a glorious hike in the foreign entity called The Outdoors because we are free from four consecutive months of season 13. We're walking children in nature. We're enjoying the sunshine. Oh, oh, wait, that that tree, that, that looks familiar. Jillian, is that? Wait, there, there's Kimora. That's Kimora Hall. I was wondering why the tree had nipples. Girl, look how green she fucking looks, girl. Hi, Kamora. Hi. We're still rooting for you. Are you rooting for us on our comeback episode? I was rooting for us. Thank you, Kamora. That she, she's so sweet. Jillian, let's okay. Let's let's stop and build a little fire so we can kiki in the wilderness about season thirteen. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, because I knew our blood sugar would be low after all of this hiking i packed some extra sweet tooth jillian here you go drink up clog (laughs) the smooth taste is absolutely not fooling us when it comes to season 13 a wild and crazy and really fun and super long season of rupaul's drag race that to quote candy muse turned over a new leaf for the franchise we thought we knew so well Jillian, let's kick off our very brief lightning recap with some reflection. So what stood out to you as some big moments of the season? Yeah, I think, I mean, I know a lot of people complain that the season felt really long, but I actually, I, what else did we have to do? I loved that we really got (laughs) to know so many queens. I thought the lip sync pairings, it was a gag, but I thought that it paid off that we got to really know 
everyone see their style. We got to see them do music videos later. So I was actually a pretty big fan of that. Um, I thought that we also really turned a corner on representation with Gottmik, whose story was so powerful and I know meant a lot to so many people. And I thought it was just really important to see the spectrum of what is masculine and what is feminine when it comes to the show. And um, I just thought that was really powerful. Um, and I just fell in love and thought Gottmik was hilarious. Um, we also... Uh, got a really gaggy moment when RuPaul changed her mind after telling Candy to sashay. <laughs> and I'm like worried for reper- repercussions for future yes. seasons of like, will we ever believe RuPaul again? Um, anything's possible. Uh, she can do whatever she wants. Um, so overall to me, it was a really fun season with a great crop of queens. Um, the only moment that was a little troubling for me was Utica's roast episode. The, especially the rehearsal made me physically uncomfortable to watch. I'll be honest. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had to watch it again after just like really having an uncomfortable time watching that episode. Mm -hmm. And when I watched it a second time, I was, I guess, prepared, but still, uh, didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very, um, polarizing is not the right word. It was, it was a very, um, harsh moment. And, um, it was a wake up call for a lot of people. I think in terms of, you you know, calling into perspective, what people think is comedy and what people, what qualifies as not comedy. And I think Utica herself went through that struggle as well. And we got to see that play out almost in real time as she had to sort of answer for what was going on in that episode on social media. Uh, but I think Utica understands now. And, you know, her sisters in the season seem to understand as well. So we'll get into that a little bit later with our with our guests today. But I, I think also it, a lot of headlines were made because there were so many interesting personalities this season. I mean, Tamisha Iman took hold of this fandom in a way that I have not seen a queen do in a really long time. She was instantly iconic to so many people. She is a legend. She, but perhaps maybe didn't take to the format of the show as well as a lot of people had hoped, but still it was really great to see a queen coming from that old school cloth be introduced to this younger fandom and see that this younger fandom still responded to her in such a big way. I think that that sort of defies a lot of what people think about this fan base as being, you know, young and superficial and not knowledgeable about or appreciative of older drag art because it's a lot of kids. And I think that Tamisha's popularity really spoke to the appreciation for the art form and it's all varied kinds versus what we just see on Drag Race a lot of the time. So it was really cool to see Tamisha rise through the ranks there and merch queen the merch queen her merch is incredible tamisha iman doormats tamisha iman slides tamisha iman fanny packs uh just excellence across the board um so what are you what are some things from this season that we think should be incorporated in future seasons um even if some of those changes were due to quarantine do you think there's anything that worked in this season that would work in a regular season in the regular world and not in quarantine yeah, I really loved having recurring guest hosts. Um, I thought that it was really refreshing to see 
the judging panel really get to witness the growth of the queens throughout the season. And I mean, I was already a huge Nicole Byer fan, um, but I thought that Lonnie Love and T.S. Madison just really were spectacular. And I loved their interactions with the queen. They they really had the perfect mix of uh, compassionate bluntness um, that I thought was great. And I would fully endorse any or all of them getting a permanent spot on the judging table. Um as I said earlier, it was really great to see the individual performances from each queen at the reunion that we really know what their style of drag was. It was something we talked about in our last episode of this podcast um, when the final three in season 12, when we got to really see their own uh, videos that they were doing in their homes, um, which just gave us so much more of their personality than normally we get at the finale. And this time we got that from queens that only got a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I also would love to continue a tradition of former queens coming back and really getting time to give advice the way that we saw Jada and Heidi and the other Miss Congenialities really spend more time with the girls versus just like a quick snatch game walkthrough. Um, And I thought also giving Jada that moment at the finale to host, I mean, although it was like a little awkward, the drive-through hosting, um, but just, or the drive-in, I should say, but um, just having her really have like a more of a final moment to say goodbye and soak in her reign, maybe give the last reigning queen her own performance, um, I think would be really nice. Yeah, I would love to see that. Uh, I mean, well, RuPaul certainly got the performance. That was a brilliant moment. I mean, it's like watching Cher on on stage when somebody you just have that much respect for and you just see them performing on stage. It's just there's nothing like it. Um, it. It was really great. All right. Hold on. Call me Psychic Char Margolis or just Raven Simone Simonier because I am getting a vision I think we have a Snatch Game Fantasy on the horizon. Listeners, do not go anywhere. We have so many special guests coming up, including our interview with the Season 13 Top 4, Candy Muse, Rosé, Simone, and Gottmik. Be right back. Don't sashay away just yet. EW Binge Podcast will be back right after this. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam where Wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Hello and welcome to Snatch Game, the EW's binge edition. I hope you all came prepared to slather some peanut butter all over your toast because we are bouncing back today with a very special celebrity guest, Big Frida. Hello, everybody. It is me, Lala Ree, from RuPaul's Season 13, honey. And I will have probably played Big Frida, the Queen Diva, your best of believer. Girl, down. Oh, yes. Okay, Frida, let's play the Snatch Game. Cancel culture is out of control. Last week, Winnie the Pooh got canceled for blanking in the forest. 
Now, now, if he was down in the N.O., you know, we'd like to shake down now. So I think Winnie the Pooh got canceled for not twerking in the forest. You got to twerk, Pooh-Pooh, you got to twerk. When it gets super hot in Palm Springs, Ross Matthews fries his eggs on blank. Ross Matthews fries his eggs on Josephine Street, baby. You put them with some booty popping potatoes and you got you a whole feast. Let's go. Last night, Michelle Visage cheated on her vegan diet. She misses the taste of blank. Well, they say last night, Michelle Visage had cheated on her vegan diet. She missed the taste of peanut, 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 peanut butter. Oh, wait, that's vegan. Hold on. Let's go. <laughs> Jillian, how's your blood sugar? Are we ready to continue? Ooh. That was whale for Gagatrandra. <laughs> Not whale. <laughs> oh, welcome back, dear listeners. Today we are broadcasting from a cherished and honestly hallowed sacred vessel right now as we prepare to ride the waves of nostalgia and recap RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13 while sunning ourselves on the deck of Candy Muse's brand new boat, where we are joined by Captain Candy, producer Muse, Rose, Gottmik, and Simone. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for inviting us on the boat. Hi, Gord. What's going on? Hi, Jillian, I did not know you could speak whale. Wow. <laughs> well, Candy, wait, you didn't tell us what this boat's name was before we got on. What is this boat's well, name? Well, baby, we are on the SS. <laughs> we are on the SS Muse. And this, I'm laughing because I'm hoping that we crash and stink because... <laughs> Listen, we are in the Hudson River, and I would like to come out of here with three legs and three arms. <laughs> A vast improvement. This is going to be so great. Well, thank you guys for being here. We do have real interview questions to ask. Um, first and foremost, Rose, are you fastened securely to your chair? You're not going to fall off. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> What's the reference? What's the reference there, Diva? The infamous TikTok where you fall on your ass. Oh, my love! First of all, that there was no. What a dumb bitch, baby! I was just a little too heavy for that chair that day, Mama. I was fast and tight. I love when you stick your feet up and you're in like a jazz shoe. Yeah, it's like everyone, everyone, everyone has their form of slipper. Okay, I was calm. I'm sure you are. <laughs> All right. Well, as we, you know, we're sitting here, we're lingering in the excellence of the first few days of Simone, your reign. Serious matters come to mind. Like, I have to know what was in your coronation McDonald's bag that we saw in the photo from okay. Friday night. Okay, okay. This is, this is a good question. I like these these types of things. I had me a 10-piece nugget. That's right. I had me some fries in there. I had me two apple pies. Okay, and then I also got the high C orange because it's back now and everybody is excited about that. So I had me a lovely time, baby. <laughs> no <laughs> dipping sauce? Oh, barbecue. Okay. You're right, go. Jillian, you're right, barbecue. You're right. You, just you don't like barbecue candy? From McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's run me my money. Uh-uh, I need me a ranch moment. Right. Yes, ranch. I am with oh, you, you Candy. Ranch I'm a barbecue diva. Oh, honey, it's all barbecue. about the barbecue. It's about barbecue. 
All right, let's go all the way back to the beginning of the longest drag race season ever, which began approximately three years ago when Gottmik was just 11 years old. Um, you, you all had to lip sync on episode one and a huge twist to the format. And we now know to blame Miss Candy for all the chaos because she was the producer. Candy, I would <laughs> die when you were just like, you knew what to say, you know what stuff was going to end up in confessionals, and you knew how to play certain situations. Um, so was Candy like, I'll ask this to everybody, was Candy just like literally running the set? Did the real producers ever have to be like, Candy, let us do our job? <laughs> I, I think that see I knew going into Drag Race we were doing a competition but at the same time I knew that there was a camera there there's a camera there there's a camera there and we are mics and there are a bunch of people listening to what we're saying only the dumb and funny shit gets put on TV <laughs> and the sad stories so once I was done talking about my family dying in a plane crash I was like hey now make it funny <laughs> oh and I knew at some point something will make it in the edit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, may I ask a question? Um, moving on to the, the competition, Gottmik, you seemed shook when your verse from Congratulations played uh, for everyone during rehearsals and seemed like it kind of outed you for the others before you had opened up to them about being trans. Uh, did you have a plan for when you wanted to discuss it with the group? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I was like, outed i just think i was just i didn't expect us to just get thrown in rehearsal like that it was just kind of like the first time and i definitely wrote those lyrics and i wanted to, i in my brain it was drag race was a lot slower than it actually is so i was like okay we're gonna record we're gonna go back we're gonna key key we're gonna talk no we just recorded and we like got thrown out there i was like oh this is the actual song here we go buckle up baby and then it just happened but it was fine it worked out and i have like everyone on season 13 was so supportive for the most part and it was just amazing we're gonna get to it i promise you we're gonna get to it um baby but this um oh candy i know you're ready i know you're ready um That's but right. you know Gottmik as <clears throat> Gottmik, as as the first trans man on the show i think i, I a lot of people really liked seeing you speak about representing for alternative forms of transgender identity on TV, and you fully embraced being a feminine trans man out of drag as opposed to what you were saying you see trans men usually represented on TV. Um, so from your perspective, what changes or differences have you seen in terms of the way the community talks about or views trans men since you, you rose to prominence on TV? Have you seen a noticeable change in the way people even talk about it on social media? Yeah, I actually like going into the show, I obviously said that I had not seen any really femme trans man representation period. And then I went in and then I was talking about like my top surgery and I was talking about uh, dysphoria and just a bunch of things like that. And then I would go and see like Reddit articles about it was full of trans guys writing basically essays about how they've never seen someone talk about their top surgery or talk about dysphoria or all these things, period let alone me being feminine and taking it that step further. So it was just even more simple than I made it in my head, which is just so crazy to see. And I'm just so honored and blessed to be able to come into this platform where I am showing my art and what I've worked so hard to do and love so much. And then also just have that side of me that I've worked so hard on and been able to just be the most authentic me I could possibly be and say what I needed to say. And I'm just, I feel like I 
have won in a unique way just because of how I've connected with so many people and I'm so proud of it. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful seeing you do that. Well, thank you. It was also, uh, speaking of beauty, uh, Candy, you were not shy about your attraction <laughs> to Joey J oh, throughout the season. Girl. Uh, you had to say goodbye to your little crush pretty early on. Has anything <laughs> happened between you two since? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because you said beauty, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Rose thought you were talking about her. Um, <laughs> you know, me and Joey, uh, after the season ended, we tried the things here and there. But, girl, listen, the tea is we are too busy. <clears throat> I'm a very busy queen, and I'm kidding. I love Joey. No, we're, we're two very busy queens, and we are on two completely different sides of the country. Um, I think, I don't know if Arizona's on the East Coast or not, but I would imagine it's not on the East Coast. So I'm in the East Coast. She's in Arizona, wherever that is. And we are just very far apart from each other. Hopefully one day in the future we uh, will rekindle what we had, um, or what I thought we had. But, you know. The, yeah, I'm like, what do you the, have, Gorge? Oh, Gorge. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, man. Gorge. Candy, we are living in the digital era. I mean, distance is nothing. I mean, uh, I mean, that I understand, but there are also five more white little white twigs in Brooklyn that look just like Joey's eye, <laughs> so it's fine. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, now, one pairing I think that was not harmonious this season Candy and Tamisha, I mean, the fight, it was what a lot of people were talking about for many, many days after that episode aired. <laughs> I mean, Candy, knowing this competition so well and, and knowing what plays on camera and, and having studied the show for so long, do you think maybe in that moment you were maybe leaning into the drama of the moment more than maybe you would have in the real world because the cameras were there? Or was it just such an intense pressure cooker of a situation that it really just did blow up to something that, that you guys hadn't anticipated? Um, I I mean, it was a little bit of both. At the, like, at the end of the day, that day, the ball episode was a really hard episode. We were doing three looks, and it was a very long day. After having a very long night, staying up all night, constructing all of our, um, our outfits. Um, and obviously, you know, I was safe, and Samisha was uh, being badly critiqued that day. And I'm sure she felt some type of way by the time she got backstage, she wanted to let it out on someone, and that person was me. But, um... You know, at the same time, like I said, I knew we were filming a TV show, and I know that uh, what goes down in Untuck can go down to drag race history. Um, however, I was upset in the moment at the things that Tamisha was saying. But um, after we finished filming, I don't take any of that to heart, because at the end of the day, we were filming a damn TV show, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's a pressure cooker in, on, on drag race. And uh, tensions are really high, because at the end of the day, you are competing to not be eliminated week by week. And... Um, that week, unfortunately, she was in the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting here pretty safe. <laughs> um, but, you know, since then, we haven't, we, we really haven't spoken since uh, the show's ended. But I, she is about to have an amazing career. And like I said, I've always been so happy because Tanisha really, truly is one of the first black older pageant queens to come on the show and we receive the love that she's been receiving. And also, listen, we have the highest IMD score for Untuck, and we're also nominated for an MTV <laughs> Award. So, I, I, baby, that's that, that like iconic television. Can Andy's going into yes, her producer yeah. notes. She knows yeah. everything. She literally knows everything. Um, well, how, how did you feel about how things transpired after? Because Tamisha said at the reunion that she would have hit you if this was in the real world. So how did you respond when you heard that for the first time? 
I think that anyone in the real world that knows me knows that no one would win a fight against Kenny Muse. But, um, <laughs> you know, she has her her opinions about me and I, and I have mine. And uh, we don't, like I said, we don't have connections with each other. She doesn't, I don't think she has connections with any of us here in the top four. So I, like I said, we went into a TV show. We did a TV show where we were castmates. We left. We don't have to be friends. We'll respect each other. Um, after the episode air, obviously, I got a lot of hate from a lot of fans. A lot of fans. Yeah, can can you guys maybe all speak to that? I guess the the sort of level because I seem to be sensing that there was a disconnect between how the queens felt about Candy and then how certain fans were feeling about Candy. Because I only ever watched Candy and saw an amazing personality, somebody who knows how to make really good TV. It was a really fun person, and I really enjoyed you, Candy. But there was just a really strange backlash against you. So can you guys speak to that disconnect of of what you guys were seeing and what the fans were seeing? I personally thought it was very insane because, I mean, ask any of us, anyone on set, we loved Candy and, like, everything that everyone seems to fucking hate about her for whatever reason, I, I won't... No, I'll say it. I, it's probably because she is bigger and she is of color and she's confident in herself and she's loud. And But that's all the things that we loved about her on set. Of course, you know, like, it's... I mean, it was just Candy to us. So for the fans to come and, like, attack her like that was really hard to see. Yeah, there's just certain things that I just didn't do after that fight aired. I knew that I knew that I was getting the hate. I wasn't dumb. That weekend, I fully logged off of social media. I was like, I'm not dealing with it. They've already contacted my family. This is a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I was going through it because it was like, it was the entire world against me. And what I didn't understand was whether who, whoever was wrong or right, in that moment, I was like, listen... I know the fans are very passionate about the TV show. And I am very happy that Tamisha has these loyal, diehard fans. I live for that. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I was kind of getting the shitty end of the stick about the whole Absolutely. situation. Where in reality, if you watch back the Untucked, I was just defending myself. Well, mm-hmm. and something something that I think people sometimes forget is that <clears throat> Tamisha started that fight. So She did. Um, like, 1,000%. Like out, out of the blue. So, I, you know, again, I think they're, they're, they're in, there's even more of a responsibility to kind of, you know, put it out you know mm-hmm. so but it's definitely it's it's listen like people can be they can feel intimidated and threatened by by enormous personalities like candy mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately um you know racism does come into play so yeah. Yeah. yep that's one thousand percent well um let's move on to something uh a, a little bit lighter i mean snatch game i it was just such a highlight of this season for so many <laughs> reasons i mean godmick paris hilton just amazing rose as lawrence cheney was just incredible <laughs> um, um, oh my god and then i mean simone oh, god, Harriet Tubman. i mean that yeah. might be one of my favorite snatch games of all time it's just so absurd it was so good um but it made waves when you i think people were expecting you to be in the high placement that week and then you were safe Mm -hmm. especially with that amazing runway you had that week um a lot of fans were shocked so was there maybe i know that there is so much filmed for this stuff that we we hardly get to see were there maybe more Mm -hmm. moments um that we didn't see on camera from you as harriet i feel like yes i feel like i had some pretty good moments in there for sure but you know it didn't make it in the edit that's fine but I had a good ass song playing Harriet. Are you covering your microphone? I think you're covering. Am I covering my microphone? Yes, there, yes, you are. You there are. You go. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, sorry. We just couldn't hear you. <laughs> um, but no, I. Of course, there was some stuff cut out. My whole thing was in there. But I mean, 
that's just it didn't make it in the edit and that's fine but i had a great ass time what they did show was stunning it was lovely so it had the people upset and mad that was good enough i see mm-hmm. but um no i had a great time playing harriet and i knew it was gonna be i knew people at first were gonna be like wait what <laughs> you think that's what you're gonna do okay but i knew what i was doing the entire time and i knew um how i wanted to do it and so do you remember i'm glad people received it very well do you remember maybe a joke or something that you did that we didn't see oh my god no it was such a long time ago and that <laughs> thing is like such a blur because mm. you film it it's like it's longer than people think but it's also like you go in you just you're you're just so in it so i don't personally remember anything but mm-hmm. i also have the memory of a goldfish so <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to get back into a little bit of drama we promise this interview is not going to be all drama but um let's do it around the start of the season uh elliot Mm. got into some hot water we'll say for a video where she called simone your fashion she said that she liked that your fashion wasn't quote aggressive Uh and she got a lot of flack for that of people calling her out for a microaggression can you walk us through your feelings on that video and the fallout from that and her saying that? Well, um, oh God, where do I go with this? How do I start this? I know what type of person that Elite is. I know the, the type of mindset that she has. I'm from the South. We're both from the South. So I know exactly what type of what she was saying when she said that. And it is in a way offensive because my art is my art and it sh- and it shouldn't matter if it was if it was aggressive the entire time like none of that matters it was my art and for you to say that that type of mindset those those types of words those type of microaggressions are literally what leads to what happened this summer with um george floyd so my feelings are at first i wasn't i wasn't taken aback by because i was like oh maybe she misspoke but then what really got me was her going online and defending it and saying she was complimenting me. And when people were cons- were trying to explain to her what was going on, she still didn't want to hear it or receive it. So at that point, it's kind of like, I'm done. I, I wish you the best. I really don't have anything against you as far as I don't wish any ill will against you. But if you're not going to learn anything from it, if you're not going to try to understand what's going on, then there's really nothing I can say or do you feel there's really no moving forward for me personally. So I just hope that she one day does get to, there's a place of understanding because it's, that's some real shit. And those types of things that you say, those, those, those little views that people sprout in their head, that leads to more harm to people that look like me or that look like Candy or that look like Olivia. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I, I, I wish the girl well. I don't have any malice against her, but it's ignorance. And, you know, you can't really reason with that. Mm-hmm. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> Candy, you, you had also mentioned that there were other microaggressions maybe going on with Elliot during filming can you speak more to that and if that was something that was brought up during filming of the show in the workroom to her 
Um, I I think people know that I was very vocal about the way Elliot uh, acted on set certain certain times off camera. I think people people thought, oh, well, why is Drag Race editing these things out? A lot of things weren't said on camera, and it's not Drag Race fault. A lot of things were done off camera, and I, yeah. I've been very vocal about it about the microaggressions. And since filming, uh, in in our season thirteen group chat, I've given her I've given her opportunities to uh, apologize, and I've given her opportunities to talk about it. And the only thing I got in return was a block. Uh, on all social media so you know you can apologize uh on twitter and all you want but it just seems very performative to me because if you don't have the decency and the audacity to apologize to your cast members that you have offended yeah then then your apologies mean nothing to me and i like i said i don't wish her uh any uh, ill will and i don't want people to bully her online and because i know how that felt being attacked but at the same time if you're not going to learn from the mistakes that you did um, then, then what, what is the point of you going on a video with the president of the, the and of the uh, NAACP? Yeah. Uh, what was the point the, the, yeah, there are just many things that are just seem very performative to me. And it's just like, well, girl, you've offended well, your, your, your fans. Not even just the, it's performative, and there's no lack. There's a lack of accountability. Right. So where are we supposed to go? And then you're and, and to me, it's you're trying to have people come in and cover for you for what you said. What you said is what you said. That doesn't change Correct. any of that. And it doesn't, and you're not taking accountability for it. So then where, where are we supposed to go? What am I supposed to say to you? You know, and the the funny part about this whole situation is that throughout the entire season, I got called by the fans. I got called a liar because they were like, "Oh, well, Candy, you're the only one saying this. Why is anyone else speaking up?" Well, you know what? Because it's not anyone else's job to speak up. Me as a person of color, you don't need you don't. There, there is no reason for you to, to need proof of what, if what I'm saying is true or not. Yeah, it's like I said. If you if you don't take accountability, then there's no point of apologizing because you're not changing and you're not going from what you did. So it is what it is. All right, let's. Um, switch gears a little bit here. Yes. We do have a lot of fun things that we would like to ask, talk about. Um, so, so, um, also, wait, hold on. Before I, I do, wait, I do want to say thank you for even asking those questions because I do feel like these are important See. topics that get brushed under the rug and then yes. you move on to the next season and then they don't get spoken about. Totally. So yeah. thank you. Well, no, Simone, I mean, we did, I mean, you and I talked about this, um, yeah. when we did the interview before. So this is, you know, this is not anything new. Um, so, um, so switching gears, we do want to talk about, um, so have any of you heard Tina's boy band song? No. Mm, no. What's the, well, what's the boy band called? Fifth Ring. And you know what? We have a very special surprise. <gasps> um, we have a musical <laughs> guest and we're going to listen to a brief snippet of musical masterpiece, otherwise known as Fifth Ring's hit single, oh. Can't Say. And please feel free to say in the moment how you guys feel about the song. I, I can't oh, listen. Oh my God. Here we go. Oh, I'm going to play it. <laughs> Yeah, say mama. Here we go. Is this new life? This is fifth ring. I know, but it sounds like something you hear. Wait, in I think Tina. I think Tina played this for me. Does it? Isn't there a Spanish version? I think so. Yes. Wait, yeah, but Spanish I'm low-key. I'm low-key into this. It's good. Oh, you're gonna put it in the mix. <laughs> How would you guys lip sync to that song? Do you know? Can you devise a? I wouldn't. A you know probably. What, you know what it gives I, me? It I gives me. Know, I wouldn't, my love. That doesn't sound like a Simone ah! brand, my love. <laughs> it, gives, it gives me very much um, Britney Spears uh, when she was uh, on the, the the beach deck in all white. Oh, uh, oh, oh yes, yes, yes sometimes, the little cross. Or sometimes, yes, 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 yes. 
Those would literally Wait, you match up so single? well, actually. <laughs> where, where was that a hit single? Um, why did you say where was that a hit single? No, where was that a hit single that like you said uh, it was a hit single? In Europe, oh, right? No. <laughs> in this podcast. Yes, in this podcast, it's a hit. It went straight to number one on this podcast chart. <laughs> um, so... I also want to go to another moment that people love this season. Um, I mean, it had so many people talking involing Tina, the makeover. Um, <laughs> Rose. The make under, darling. The make under. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, that face that <laughs> Tina did on you. It so many memes. I mean, it was everywhere. Was there ever a moment where you just considered like grabbing the brush and doing it yourself? Or did you try to like steer her in a different direction or give her tips as she was painting? No, because here's the thing. We were teammates and I was just like, bitch, I cannot go home right now. I was like, what I am responsible for is what I painted on her, which I'm very proud of. And I was like, all I have to do is embody her. And I was like, and out of all these bitches, thank God I'm the one she's painting because any of these other hoes would be freaking out looking like that oh, on their back. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been a nightmare in the workroom. But it I loved been it. A nightmare. But I loved it. I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, I look ridiculous. Like, this will be so fun. Um, and <laughs> also, you know, by comparison, it, it, that made me look like a fucking makeup artist on the daily, bitch. So it was everything. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was it was fun. Obviously, like, I turned around. You see it in the episode. I turn around and I look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, I was like, yeah, good. But there's that, yeah, the the meme face is, is hysterical. I guess I was, like, really taking a second to study just the 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 details <laughs> but um yeah no i love that i thought it was fun yeah yeah no it is it's i mean it is an art piece in itself it deserves to be there's that meme of the me- the mona wait what are people calling it the mona tina the, maybe this, that, the mona tina. no the uh the, t- the tina lisa <laughs> yeah. the t- no we, we made we made that because we made merch out of it it's uh it's it's tina's little hand painting me and my body's the the mona lisa but but the, but the face hilarious. is not the tina lisa darling Another another fun moment for the most part was the roast. Um, we had oh, some God. secret comedians <laughs> in our midst. Fuck. There were a lot of a lot of high points. Um, but one moment that uh, what came off maybe a little strange was uh, Utica being so nervous <laughs> at first during uh, not wanting to offend anyone during some of the earlier challenges. <laughs> Um, and then during the roast, uh, there was definitely some fans who expressed that they were offended or maybe a little bit hurt by her set. Can you tell us, did it come across uh, in person the same way as it came across to to viewers? And, and do you think it was a matter of humor? I would just like to say, watching it on TV, there was nothing like actually being in that room. I'm just oh, be real, real with you, baby. Uh-huh. In what <laughs> way? In... The awkwardness, the the uncomfortability was just out of this world. I love her. That's my girl. But my God, that was... And I'm talking about me, but thank God for it because she made me look Stunning. So. <laughs> there were parts of the, there were parts of her set that we were like, "There's no way they're gonna fucking show that," and they showed it. And they did. And they, they showed it. And also, they did. They showed it. And I think I think for us, like the the craziest part was, you know, we were kind of like like you know, what is you going through on this day? But it's okay. We but we did not we did not have access to the 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 pleasure of of seeing the rehearsal. Uh, with Michelle and Lonnie Pryor and like oh, yeah. and fully like she came back into the workroom after that she's like this is gonna be great and like watching 
I think also as um I think that there were a lot of people that were offended. As someone who has been offended by a roast before, you can ask about the drag queen. I blocked her on Twitter before, before, before. Oh. As someone who has been offended uh, by a roast, I have had to learn what a roast is about mm-hmm. and what a roast is. You are essentially roasting people for stuff that they can't change. You poke fun at them. Yeah. Um, and in this new age of drag race, everyone's going to be so afraid of doing any little thing to not offend the fan. Mm. And I think what fans have to realize is that a roast is about that. Yeah. What's she making fan jokes? I was the biggest bitch in the room and I was kikiing and laughing at how terrible those jokes were. <laughs> but I wasn't necessarily offended, you know? And the fact that she had to issue an apology it's after wild. a roast is like, okay, well, it's wild. I'll say it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but there's also, there's there's a there's there's an art to delivering a roast joke, you know, like Candy. I also commented on your size, but it was a kiki. Also, you and I have a friendship where we roast each other all day long. So Yeah, that's we- what you lost, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you lost too, mama. But yeah, it's you know, there's an art to it. So <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I think Utica was very. I mean, in the exit interview we did, she she you know said that she understands humor a little bit more now. So I think it was. Mm. You no, know, again, we we always say it that it's it's hard to fully empathize with the pressure that you guys are under um, in these situations. So you don't know what's going to come out um, for, from. And anybody. also, I want to say on this, it, like it is intent. Like she wasn't sitting there trying to like. I don't think she was truly being evil in that right, moment. Right. Like no. I just think she didn't okay. know how to. Like it's just hard. I roast is hard. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> so like, yeah. I just I think people need to really focus on that when they're coming from right. people. It's like the girl wasn't trying. Yeah. To, like, the true evil really one hurt anyone's feelings. The true evil one was got Meg. I have to tell her to take off these jokes. <laughs> it was so easy. <laughs> got Meg cannot you were deny. So good in that challenge. You were so good. Thanks. Yeah, I I want to roast every day of my life. But like these bitches are saying, like it is the fans truly. I, I don't know if they understand that roasts are gnarly. And so when I was telling all my friends, like I've been on drag race in the past, I was like, I want to go on roast tours, girl. And they're like, gone are the days, mama. We are not allowed to go on roast tours anymore. Uh, <laughs> like, oh. We missed that window, babe. <laughs> yeah, I, truly. I literally love just getting up there and reading my friends. Like the fact that that's a career option is crazy to me. And I would love that. Like if I was up every day and all i had to do is go on stage and drink and just roast these bitches every day it would be like my dream career so who knows (laughs) well bob the drag queen has consistently called you the comedy queen of the season so maybe there's a headline (laughs) yes and, and it'll just be like the flyer will just be quotes from bob (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and paris hilton can record the tour video interludes yeah yeah just uh, and people are like what yeah. is this vocal fry mess of subpar comedy <laughs> that video that you guys did after the snatch game was so sweet i love how much she was into your snatch game performance did you go did she did like were you um because you knew her so well were were you like nervous about doing her for snatch game a little bit. I mean, I didn't know her so well, and that's why I was actually nervous. I've just painted her a handful of times, like a client vibe, and I've mm-hmm. never shown her Gottmik and like be shown her that side of me. So I was like, okay, she's just gonna randomly be like, not even knowing that that's me, and then find out and be like, what? So I need to kind of reel it in and be like professional but funny at the same time. And 
I think I did, and I was so happy. She's such a dope, cool, amazing human, and she yeah. was just so down. So, uh huh, that's great. Yes. Now, um, there was also another development this season. Utica and Olivia hinted at their date at the reunion, and when I did Olivia's exit interview, she said that they had seen each other since the season. So, but what do you guys know of this situation? Um, did you guys pick up on like romantic vibes at all? Not like, at what? all. Wait, no. what? Like literally what? not at all. Like what? That is disgusting. Not out of nowhere. All. Like, and I asked, I actually asked Olivia about it and she was like, oh my God, Nick, stop it. And I was like, what? what? I literally have, I'm so confused. <laughs> Who is topping in that? situation <laughs> well, well i'll tell you who's talking that situation <laughs> yeah y'all heard me during the reading challenge <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh true bitch oh god oh, okay God. let's um let's, oh, let's segue out of this too um <laughs> before we get to the finale um i i need to talk to you simone about yeah uh, you know i love the semi-final lip sync moment to whitney when mm-hmm. you pull out that whitney houston sweat rag slash handkerchief yeah. Um, I lost my damn mind. What, was that <laughs> something that you had planned from the beginning, or are you a big enough Whitney fan that you just like improvised that on the set that day? Like you're at craft services and you see a handkerchief. <laughs> I literally we had to do it one by one, and so I was last, thank God. And I was like, wait, how can I make this my moment? And I was like, and then I was asked when the PA or. PAs or a handler, I forget his actual title. But um, Joel, I was like, give me a towel. I need me a t- I need a towel, Joel. <laughs> and he went and got me one. And so I was, I mean, literally, it was just me being like, I want to make this lip sync like my own. And I love Whitney Houston. And this is like, I mean, what an honor to pl- get to do it on the main stage. And I am, and like, oh, it was so good. I'm so glad that the camera operator zoomed in too, so we could get that shot of you with your finger up with the with the with it in your hand right there. Uh-huh. It's exactly, the, like my mind immediately went to that performance of Whitney like 20 years ago. I was I see what you didn't that. know is that we actually all had handkerchiefs in our hands, but they no. edited out. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, no. I had two. I had two, but they, 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 had they two. edited out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. One was just for sweat, though, because you know me, but, yeah. <laughs> You're a man. <laughs> yes, yes, Diva. Yes, Diva. Well, Simone, this whole season, I mean, it, it came to a head and a very long-nailed foot when you won $100,000. <laughs> and according to mathematician oh. Candy Muse, though, it's a million dollars with a couple extra zeros. Um, Baby! The, <laughs> this finale it really was unlike anything we have ever seen. It was incredible. Your looks were all amazing. I mean, not a bad look on the stage. It was so great. Thank you. We were like, okay, how do you top yourself for the grand finale? How do you make yeah. it more grand, bigger, better? Um and you know, it's like you said, like it's a finale we've never seen, and First it was person. it will it's it's like the highest rating it's episode rated, um, on VH1. Yeah, yes, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, we love Damn we it. love that. Yeah, that just came through today. So big ratings. You guys pulled it in. Yeah, it was it was really amazing. All of your looks were stunning. Um, Simone, on your black and white look, some yes. fans clocked that the fur looked like it came from Gigi's makeover look. Was that oh. is that true? Was that no, an homage? No, I had No, no, no. I had <laughs> so that was that was not a planned Easter egg. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go to the fan fiction. Fan fiction, honey. We sisters, I mean, we share things, but not our first. <laughs> 
Nope. Oh, <laughs> uh, I work got mixed shoes for the finale. <laughs> <laughs> on, what, on your on your hands, bitch. As a yeah. <laughs> no, I think for the most part, we all wanted to just go there and be like fine, fresh, and fierce, and just be like something new to the table. And honestly, like, listen, good luck to the next girls because topping that finale, I don't know how you're gonna do it, girl. I wouldn't even bother for that yeah. finale. That was wild. I mean, that was crazy. When you open with a RuPaul performance like that, I mean, that it was just, so it feels good. She looks stunning. It feels so the special. Legs, I mean, the hair. Yes. The choreo. Like the dancing was fierce. The choreo. It was uh, the ball gun. Everything was good. Mariah. Now, Mother. Mother. Rose, yes. I mean, the finale had a lot of people talking for many reasons about you as well. First and foremost, um, everybody seems to want to know <laughs> if your brother is single. Uh, no, my brother is happily married with two children. Oh, ah, you don't even allow so many fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, no, you're, it was great seeing your family. Your family seems like a really fun group of people. It was really nice. They to see are. That. I love that the world got to get a, a more uh, in-depth introduction to them and to hear the accents too. That was really fun. Yes, uh, that, was, that was really cute. I loved that. No, it was. It was, I think, hurtful for a lot of people to see your your hurt ankle. Um, what what is the story with how you hurt <laughs> your your ankle, and how much did that actually impact you going into the final lip sync? Um, I mean, it was over three months ago now. I was actually uh, dancing with Denali, and I tripped and uh, and just landed on my foot the wrong way. And it really fucked me. And I thought yeah. my, you know, my physical therapist, I thought it was going to be like a couple of weeks, but the injury just never got better because it was sprained in a stiletto. So like the position of being in high heels was, is just really traumatic. I'm almost better, but that finale was the like first time that I was able to get on like a real pair of heels. And, uh, like my looks for the ball, we were constantly redesigning, like stressing out if like I could wear heels at all. Like, would you be able to see my feet? Will this be a gown? Will this be a that? So yeah, it was um it was stressful and I definitely think it it impacted um my journey. But to be honest, you know, when RuPaul was like, Rose, this is not your time, I was like, no shit, bitch. I was like, this has been fucking <laughs> this has been fucking crazy. I had to like learn how to walk again. But I'm so proud like of what, you know, happened, you know, and I I wouldn't change it, you know. And it's uh yeah, it's it's all good. I mean, yeah, you're you're great. You looked amazing. I mean, you got so many fans this season. I mean, it's like you you guys are all going to have incredible careers after this show. So I mean, Thanks, it was Joey. amazing to see all I, of you. I, I, she's still, don't get it twisted. Listen, well, they were still putting up a fight on that stage. She was oh, still yeah. giving it to yeah, me. Yeah, that was the main. Yes, I don't think she would have beat me with a good ankle or not, but she put up a. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking bitch. She really put up a fight. Does. Yeah. Thanks, Candy. You know, usually, and especially the structure of the beginning of the season. I think having no elimination for three episodes, we got to know Kimura in a way that we haven't gotten to know a first eliminated queen in a really long time. Yeah. And Correct. seeing her again with a music video at the end and seeing Joey with a music video, it's like we got to see them perform in context that we wouldn't normally see in a regular season. So That's true. Well, I think fans wanted a reunion in, in some capacity. This was a really great alternative because it is good for the careers of the people involved in the show because we got Kimura on what six seven episodes now instead of just one yeah, so i mean really... it, it was really good at, to, to give back to the performers i think totally. uh, and so, like 
Yeah, go ahead, Candy. It would have been hard to even top season nine's reunion, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're still trying Candy, to top season nine's reunion. That. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. The the last question that I, I want to ask to you, Simone, is um, yeah. where is an area of the industry that you want to impact most with your title? What do you want the world to look like under a Simone mm. queendom? I don't want to, I keep getting asked that question. I don't want to do just one thing. I want to do everything. I want to like, because I just, I don't want to be put into a box that really annoys uh-huh. me. And I don't, and I don't like the idea of that. So I yeah. want to, I want to act. I want to be in fashion campaigns. I want to be on runways. I want to, you know, do more activism work. I want to be, I want to tour. I want to see the fans, you know, like I want to do everything. And I don't want to just be one type of queen. I think long gone are those days because we've had to kind of make it do what it do during this pandemic so mm-hmm. i want to do everything honey i want to impact so yeah. all of them yeah. <laughs> well, what, are, what do you guys what's next for everybody what what does everybody have coming up who's gonna, who's gonna start who's gonna start i'll start um very very shortly uh miss rose is going to finally be releasing original music um uh-huh. i'm really really excited stuff i've been working on uh throughout the season and I'm so thrilled I can finally get it out to the public. Um, I feel like I'm, you know, giving birth to my little art baby. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, as we just announced this week, uh, you know, I'll be going around the world chirping and singing. Um, (laughs) So that's, that's the very first thing on, on, uh, on my schedule, but just like Simone, I, I don't really want to set any boundaries for myself, you know, as I showed on the show, like I have lots of interests and lots of talents and I want to, Mm -hmm. you know, work in film and television. I want to do, I want to do it all. So, but yeah, music right now is first because it's done. Um, I'm, I'm, we'll be doing some touring soon and I'm also doing things, you know, in the fashions as well that are coming out very soon. And, um, I want to, um, and there will be some hosting things going on. So yeah, (laughs) babes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm literally the exact, I think we're all in the same boat with that. We just like, we all just got off drag race where we were forced to do an experiment with every part of art you could ever experiment in the shortest amount of time. And we all kind of excelled in our own ways in so many different ways. And so after seeing that, it just, proved in my mind i was like the limit does not exist and mm-hmm. i i'm sure my fans are going to be forced to watch some crazy things that i fail at on a very public level because i'm never going to say no i'm never going to sleep again and i want to literally do everything so i'm very excited <laughs> <laughs> yes got make yes <laughs> candy yes. what about you um i'm going to retire and I think <laughs> <that's> gonna- <laughs> retire to your <laughs> mouth <laughs> Um, no, honestly, you know, now with being the uh, runner-up of Drag Race, I would like at some point come back into the competition uh, as an All-Stars to reclaim my crown. But honestly, even besides that, I want to do more. Uh, reclaim. Thank you, Simone. Um, wow. <laughs> I just want to do uh, more television, and television is what I love to do. I love to entertain. I, I You know, I love to just be the the... The one I like to be the class clown on the TV, making people laugh and feel <laughs> joyful. Um, definitely will be touring around the world, you know. Hopefully soon with some some of my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, nonetheless, definitely want to be back on TV. And and I've I found the passion for uh, being on reality television. Um, I grew up with reality television, you know, with Tiffany uh, New York Pollard. Yes. So if I can be that for this generation, 
Period. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love to see it. Yes. Truly, Wait, what, is so it? what is it that you said you wanted to do on set? What's the show? Oh, um, listen, I want to do a dating show. And it's going to be a drag queen <laughs> dating show. It's going to be on VH1. VH1, you're listening. And I want to do... It's going thir- to be me and 13 men. Period. No. It's going to be me and 13 men. Um, and it's going to be called... Uh, uh, no. What is it? We're going to do like a piece of candy or a shot of love with candy. Oh, no, Damn it, what was it? It was so good. Candy's pains. What's going to happen is every week for the elimination for the episode, I'm going to bring in one of my drag sisters and they're going to be there throughout the episode to help the guys with the challenges and to help me with the elimination. Baby, if that's not a pilot, I don't know what is. <laughs> I, I mean, sold. I mean, Simone, $100,000. Let's fund that. I mean... All right. <laughs> I can help a sister out. She better, make, she better make the coin back, though. Yeah. She better make my coin back. Well, we're already... I think Simone and I have a production company going. We're funding the show for her mom, and now we're going to yes. fund the um, Candy's dating show. So let's just, we got that there production go. company going. <laughs> All right. And with that, Jillian, I think we need to grab our flotation devices because it's time for us to disembark Candy's boat. Um, Simone, <laughs> can you throw us those Diana Ross breasts from your bag ball looks so we can use them as life preservers? Oh, I got them right here, honey. Come on okay, over here. Just blow them up again and just. Girl, we all sing. We all sing at the Hunter River, bitch. Oh, I'm going to have three legs, too, Mama. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for being here. Rose, Simone, Gottmik, Candy Muse. Of you guys yes. excellence yes. personified. Yes. It has been such a pleasure watching each of you become superstars. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Jillian. Well, Jillian, just sitting here floating on both of Simone's Diana Ross breasts and our Tamisha Iman branded inner tubes, a hot new item, because Candy threw us overboard from the boat. So I guess we should close the show before we burn to a crisp in the sun that's crispy, crispier than Olivia Lux's hairline from the ball episode. What do you think? You're the one who's bombing. But I'm still embarrassed. We both showed up to the tape this podcast wearing the same boxer outfit. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, as always, to the lovely queens who joined us today, who we can see riding Candy's boat into the sunset. Wave, Jillian. Rose, Candy, Muse, Gottmik, and Simone, our reigning diva. Hi. Thank all you three, to all everyone. All three legs on Candy. Yeah, <laughs> Candy's three legs and Simone's three arms. <laughs> Thank you to everybody for joining us, dear, cherished, and iconic listeners for sticking with us through this chaos, and thank you to Miss Congeniality Lala Ree for doing her Snatch Game Fantasy. Thank you to Nature for hosting our recording this week, and thank you Entertainment Weekly for keeping us employed. We said what we said, and good night. Good night. The lady said go home. (laughs) Fierce. Fierce, 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 fierce,